Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Well, Mary. Yes, Jillian. I did my flip chart. Yeah. From last session. Yeah. It was. I got mountains, baby. I got mountains. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to have to see these flip oh, charts. No, no, notes. no. They're, they're from my eyes only, I think. Oh, is that so? Yeah. So we talked last All time right. about from self sabotage to self mastery. Yeah. We talked about being our own mountain in our own way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, listeners, man, if you did that exercise, that was a powerful one. Yeah. Like, that was like coaching. With a master coach, mm-hmm. that exercise. Yeah. So if you were a little daunted by that exercise, please know I was super daunted. <laughs> <laughs> and feel free to go back and listen to it again. Yeah. Because uh, there was a lot in there. There was. And of course, uh, the book that uh, the book that those uh, that was about or based on. Uh, the Mountain is You, Transforming Self-Sabotage into Self-Mastery uh, by Brianna Wiest. It might be worth picking up because uh, you could learn some more from I that. I will have to have a little look for it. Yeah. Um, you know, I see books a lot in Indigo, our local bookstore, and at Costco. Mm-hmm. And I often just buy them because three lines get me. Like I'm flipping through and go, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So you never yeah. know. Well, it's pretty practically written, so it, really it could give you some... but. Anyway, the main thing is to recognize that we do self-sabotage and how do we identify it uh, and how do we uh, put a stop to it? Yes. So we're going to dive into our friend Tasha Yurik's book, Insight. Mm-hmm. And guess what? What? She gave us a shout out on Instagram. Uh, no. Our episode, The F Word. I know. <laughs> Maybe that's kind of what caught her I know. attention. But she gave us like a huge shout out and said she's still working on it because that episode was on feedback. Yeah. And receiving feedback, right? Mm-hmm. So we were like tickled pink. Yes. We? I know. Well, we just love her book and we just do. have so much good stuff in it. So, and yeah, so it's like on my top three of books to read this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to dive into chapter nine of her book. Mm-hmm. And um, we have been talking a lot about self awareness, obviously. Mm-hmm. And this is a, this is an area of growth for us. Yes. Um, Obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, It's also, you know, an individual basis for us, but we actually want to live it out in community too. Yes. Right? Absolutely. And what we get to do, Mary and I, we get to coach people on the Enneagram Mm -hmm. and it's often through their results that they're actually, they get these like wake up calls Mm -hmm. of Mm self-awareness and they're like... They're floored, aren't they? Right, right. Well, last week you mentioned Henry Cloud's book where he talks about the wake that you leave behind you. And we talked about it in the context of um, the things that we do to sabotage ourselves. Right. But he also uses the wake from the standpoint of people, the dead bodies behind you. And what I mean by that is uh, all our actions doesn't just affect us, but it affects people around us. That's right. So if you look back at your wake and you see that there's some really good impact on people, that's awesome. Keep doing it. But 
there could be wakes behind us where we've caused some damage to people and relationships, yeah, especially it, in a position of leadership. That's right. So if you have a lot of wounded people mm. or drowning people or dead people, yeah, for lack of a better word, behind yeah. you in your wake, yeah, th- you've got to lean into some of the stuff. Yeah, it's hard, but it is hard. So we'll explore what self-aware teams and organizations look like because yeah. that is really. Um, You know, a lot of us go, well, I'm not a leader. Mm -hmm. No, you're leading something. Yeah. Whether you're leading yourself, you're leading your family, Mm -hmm. you're a part of an organization, Mm -hmm. you work, you know, and you're in front of other people, you are in leadership. I I like to use the word more influence or impact. So it's kind of like the secret sauce to effective influence That's right. or impact because you don't live in a vacuum you're always affecting other people always yeah always so if you take it from that standpoint even though um tasha's book is kind of she uses kind of like corporate type of language as she's talking about it you can a- absolutely customize it to your personal situation yep yeah exactly mm-hmm. so she says you know hey like in your family in your community groups whether your kids are on sports teams or you coach school projects etc um, don't use this, I'm not in a place of leadership, so I don't need to lean into exactly. this conversation. Exactly. No, say, what can I glean from this conversation about organizational behavior, et cetera, that I can take ownership for in my own life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in his book, Think Again by Adam Grant. Oh, he's a, yes, I, I mean, love him. He's a social psychologist. Mm-hmm. He talks about this idea of psychological safety in the workplace. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, this can be applied to other sectors, of course, that we've mentioned. Yeah. So this is what he says in yeah. terms of psychological safety. Mm-hmm. He says, when you have psychological safety, mm-hmm. okay, you see mistakes as opportunities to learn. Yes. Right? Right. As opposed to when you don't, uh. you see mistakes as threats. Whoa. Right. Threat to our reputation, our ego. Right. Uh, our pride. Our pride. How we're perceived. How we're perceived. Oh, my gosh. Yes. When you have it, you're willing to take risks and fail. Hmm. So when you have psychological safety, you're willing to take the risk, risks and fail. Hmm. When you don't, yeah. you're unwilling to rock the boat. Oh, uh, yeah. I've seen that a lot. Yeah. When you have psychological safety, you're willing to speak your mind in meetings. Hmm. When you don't, you keep your ideas to yourself. Wow. And a lot of that I see on teams sometimes is because um, the people that are offering up their ideas or opinions are often robbed of the credit of it. Hmm. And so there's some jealousy going on. Well, why should I tell you how to do that? Because when you're, you're going to take, take credit, credit for it. For it. Mm. Right? Well, that's not psychologically safe no, at all. at all. When you have it, you openly are sharing your struggles. Uh-huh. When you don't have it, you're only touting your strengths. Mm. That is interesting. It's like you have to present yourself in a certain way. Yes. As successful, yep. strong, um, in full agreement with the team. I'm a team player. Uh-huh. There's no authenticity in no. that. And when you have it, you trust in your teammates and your supervisors. When you don't, you fear. You have a fear of teammates and supervisors. Mm. There, There's toxicity in the workplace. Right. You just don't trust them. You don't trust them. You won't open up to them. 
um, you won't, you know, you won't stick your neck out. Because mm-hmm. when you have psychological safety, you will stick your neck out. Mm-hmm. When you don't, you have your head chopped off. <laughs> you pay dearly. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this, then, of course, if I see somebody else get their head chopped off, I'm definitely not going to yeah, speak my mind. Exactly. Or whatever it might be. So um, I'm going to just share this story. This is a great story, and it tells about how transformation can happen. You can go from self-sabotage to Mm -hmm, mm self-mastery. So there was this manager who was very fond of um, this young guy named Mike. Mm -hmm. It was one of his first hires, and he was very, very fond of this very young and talented employee, Mike. And the manager calls Mike into a meeting, and he asks him for this report. Mm -hmm. And Mike slams the report down on the boss's desk and says, there you go, and I quit. What? <laughs> and he totally takes this manager by surprise. Yeah. And, you know, he realizes that something deeper is going on. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the boss's boss comes to him and says, why did what? Mike quit? Yeah. So boss does a little digging with Mike, and Mike says, this is why I quit. You weren't just micromanaging me. Mm. You were expecting me to walk like you, talk like wow. you, work like oh. you, be like you. Well, have and I I'm met, done? Have I met managers like that? And you asked for the 19th revision of that report, mm. and I know you're going to ask for 20, 21, and 22. Mm. And I'm not into that anymore. Wow. So I'm gone. Wow. So this manager's name was a man named Alan Mulally. Mm. And he would say the day that Mike quit was the beginning of moments he would now refer to as gems. Wow. Yes. That the gem was learning that what enables us to evaluate and reevaluate what we're doing. Mm -hmm. And he had to sit back and go, "Uh uh-oh, this is not working for me the way I'm managing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lose talented people. I'm going to burn people out. So up to this point, his style of management was trying to make employees just like him Mm -hmm. in his own image. Maintaining control, too. (laughs) Making employees in my own image. What's wrong with that? (laughs) (laughs) Rather than helping them to connect to the bigger picture, Mm -hmm. give them the right tools, and then provide the space space and permission to make mistakes but still hold them accountable. Wow. That's psychological safety. Yes. Right. So then this thing about making mistakes, isn't that, oh, it's okay, whatever happens. I mean, obviously, there's still accountability. Right. But it's the safety to learn from that. Exactly. And to be challenged to learn from it and to have those honest conversations that you have to have. So jump forward. He's using these gems, Mm -hmm. which would look like career failures on his part if you looked at the data. Yeah. Jump forward, and he now takes over the Ford company. Wow. And um, the Ford company, it's in recession, mm-hmm. uh, and all the car makers are having troubles. And he walks into this company, given permission, hired by one of the Ford family himself, mm-hmm. and he takes over, and this company is tanking. Mm. And he institutes this weekly meeting mm-hmm. where all the managers have to come in, mm-hmm. and they're given 10 minutes mm-hmm. to talk about their team what's going on, and he wants total transparency. Wow. He wants to know everything. Wow. The first meeting takes seven hours. <laughs> There's a lot to clear out. And he's only given three parameters. Uh-huh. Green light, yellow light, red light. Right. 
Well, what happens is every manager comes in, oh. everything's green. Oh. It's all green. Right. Well, the company's tanking. Right. So, so obviously somebody is lying. All these executives sitting in a room yeah. are painting the wrong picture, right? Mm-hmm. Pride, all those things. So at one point— Self-preservation. Exactly. Yeah. At one point, he says, hey, everybody, we're going to lose $19 million in this oh next gosh. quarter. <laughs> we're not green. Right. I want you to tell me the truth. Right. How can we ever get, you know, ahead if we don't know the truth? Wow. So one employee mm-hmm. decides, I am going to test the system. Mm-hmm. So this one employee comes into the meeting, and he goes— we're about to ro- roll out 10,000 brand new vehicles mm-hmm. in a beautiful launch of the Ford Escape. Mm-hmm. Problem is, the actuator doesn't function properly. Oh, my gosh. And Alan Mulally goes, finally, some truth. Yeah. Finally, someone's coming to me with a problem. Okay, everybody, lean in. Can we solve this? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, in this room, engineers are speaking into this problem, and they actually come up with a couple of fixes. Wow. That day, the sacrificial lamb mm-hmm. that went in with that huge loogie of a loss mm-hmm. was expecting to be hauled out by the bouncers to the parking lot with the pink slip. Mm. Instead, that transparency turned the Ford company around. Wow. So psychological safety isn't just about making uh, employees feel good. It actually affects the bottom line. Absolutely. Like it helps solve problems. It helps people and the organization and the team grow. Like this thing about a fear of facing reality, it just is not good. It's like keeps people stuck individually. But as an organization, if I think my boss can't face reality and I'm not telling him or her the truth, then the problem not only doesn't get solved, it gets worse. That's right. And we all know, we use that expression, the elephant in the room. Right. Everybody else knows that you're not in the green. Mm -hmm. You're not healthy. So psychological safety is absolutely critical. It is massive. So, you know, in her book, she says the mum effect, Mm -hmm. you know, where Mm -hmm. we decide to keep mum on things. Yes, we talked about that in previous chapter or section, yeah. Right. Yeah. So this mum effect is not helping anybody. Mm. And in this case, I mean, it did end up, uh, you know, it wasn't just a one and done. Clearly, the team had to work through all these issues. Um, They're still standing, obviously. And the Ford Escape is on the road. So Yeah, and in that case, that's a technical issue. But if I think about... um, organizations I work with, how many people problems yes. do, do organizations tolerate or put up with? Maybe because it's a family member or a founder or um, they yeah. don't like, they have too much power in the organization. Like the, the this thing about telling people the truth, it's so hard, I've but it a, could be yeah. like taking things down, taking the team down. Yeah. I've got a team right now that I'm working with. Yeah. And the problem is that they have a weekly meeting mm-hmm. and they're expected to come and talk about, you know, where they're at with their responsibility. Mm-hmm. And one of the team members um, comes into the meeting and only addresses, well, you know, never gives a report on their own progress, but comes in with issues. Mm-hmm. And guess what? The, the whole meeting goes south. Mm-hmm. And then people get upset or put themselves on mute or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
And it happens every time the team meets. Right. And instead of someone just saying, whoa, whoa. Stop that. Time out. Yeah. That's an offline issue. Mm-hmm. You know, take those issues up with the management. Mm-hmm. Let's stick to the knitting here. Mm-hmm. It would just take one person in that meeting to say that. Mm-hmm. Because everybody knows what's going to happen every Monday. Right. And yet they still put up with it. So they're going to try it. Somebody on the team is going to try it. going to speak up. Woo-hoo. And we'll see what happens. All right. It is hard work facing reality. Though, yes, it? it is. I, I, like, I like staying in happy land. <laughs> <laughs> so if being individually self-aware means understanding who we are and how others perceive us, then a self-aware team commits to that same understanding at a collective level. <laughs> Sorry, if you don't work on a team, I would say a self-aware family. Yes, exactly. <coughs> or a self-aware community. Yeah. Or a self-aware group of friends. Yeah. Like you're all, you all belong to a group somewhere. And so take your individual self-awareness and help create a self-aware group. Yeah. Because then it's going to be uh, psychologically safe for you. And there's going to be uh, so many benefits individually, but also as a group. And the trust, you know, trust, trust grows is huge. And, and the the closeness of the group and you know, the longevity of the group is going to be affected. Do you want to walk us through the five cornerstones of collective insight? Because this is really interesting when you talk about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So... Um, <laughs> I, I like the fact that Tasha gives us these cornerstones because otherwise it can feel like, okay, 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 we have to be more self-aware as a team, but how do we do that? So she's given us these uh, five cornerstones of collective insight, right? Yeah. So this, these are questions that we have to ask ourselves in a team all the time. Like on a regular basis, we got to check in with ourselves. Yeah. So first, what are our objectives? What are we trying to achieve? I do this all the time when I'm consulting with organizations and they're going down a particular path and I'm thinking, I don't understand what you're trying to achieve with this because are they going to even achieve that? So what are they trying to achieve and how are they actually doing? Yeah. Are they actually moving towards those ob- objectives? And, you know, you could ask that in a marriage or a family. That's true. What are we trying to achieve? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are right? we trying to achieve and how are you doing towards those goals? Yeah. If you have been talking about this change that you want forever and ever, and even, you know, like in a family, like we need to change how we handle our finances. Right. You've talked about it forever and ever, but there's been no change, then something's going on. That's right. And so then the third um, cornerstone is process. What process are you using to achieve your objectives? How are you getting there? So like, what are you trying to achieve? How are you doing in line with those objectives? Mm -hmm. How are you going to get there? And then question your assumptions. This is huge. It really is. This fourth cornerstone, like we should camp on this like forever because this is what takes people down all the time is these wrong assumptions that we make. So like really question like as a culture, as an organization, as a team, what do we have? What assumptions do we have? And challenge them. Are they even true? Yeah. Like look at the data. That's what is right. the data telling you? So in your situation, the example you're giving about Ford, the assumption might be, you know what? We're a big company. We'll survive this as we do everything else. We're going to be okay financially. And then it took an outsider or a new person to come in and say, absolutely, 
not. Right. And we have to face this reality. And the reality is you're assuming we're going to be okay and we're not because I can show you the numbers. That's right. And then the last would be um, each person's individual contribution. So what impact is each person having on the team's performance? And this is a really good deep dive analysis to make because there are some people who pull their weight more than others. And you know what? Sometimes that's seasonal because if you're going through a growth learning situation, obviously you're not going to be able to contribute as much. Or mm-hmm. if you're having some personal things right. happening, there is give and you know, and and there's flow to it. But generally speaking, you want to see what impact each person is having on the team's performance, both positively and negatively. That's so your right. example of this person coming in and talking about all the things wrong and complaining, they're having a very negative effect on the team and it's actually stopping the team from moving forward. Well, and, you know, in this situation too, it's their Monday morning meeting. So guess what? It starts the week off. It starts the week off. And everybody dreads going to the Monday morning meeting because of it. Right, right. Right, that's the way we're starting our week? Yeah. Like if I look at this list, I, it's very rare for a team to actually have that level of self-awareness. It is. And you know what? I I agree with what you just said, mm-hmm. is that the thing that gets people in trouble is they forget what they're trying to achieve. Yeah. So it goes back to those core values, right? Like, what are you actually trying to achieve here? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because if you, if you don't keep going back to that, mm-hmm. then you're going to be making little progress. You're going to be making all kinds of assumptions. And you're going to be making a lot of excuses, too. Well, the other thing I would say uh, is I would even challenge that. Like, you may have clear objectives, but are they the right ones? Mm. So I was just doing a team um, uh, workshop uh, with this uh, uh, organization. And they had a really, like, their goals are really good in the standpoint of achieving numbers, of of achieving success from the standpoint of numbers. Mm -hmm. But I asked them, I said, like, isn't your business actually really about people? Mm-hmm. So are you actually meeting the needs of your clients? So do you need to even reframe? So success isn't just that you have make more money or do more of. It may be the quality of the service that you're providing your clients, even if there's fewer of them. Well, and that's true. Like, I agree with that. And it goes back to that previous example mm-hmm. of how the transparency about a major mistake yeah. actually led to a turnaround in the quality of the team meetings, transparency, the relationships mm-hmm. that kept the company going. Right. Because if they were just focused on the numbers, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. it wouldn't have Turn things it around. Wouldn't have turned things around. Yeah, they would have. They would have been out of business. Yeah, so I would think that these five cornerstones would be something that you would be again and again looking at because it's very easy to drift. Yeah. So even if you do have the right objectives, it's very easy to drift. Oh. So it's, it's the uh, the analysis of how are we doing? Are we actually moving towards our objectives? Yeah. Are we doing it in the best way? So another thing that I see many times with organizations is they make the right decisions, but how they go about achieving those decisions can cause so much damage. Yes, absolutely. And then, of course, they'll go, well, that was the right decision. 
But yeah, meanwhile, there's all these dead bodies behind you. That's right. The wake is the wake is full. Right. So making sure that the process that they're following actually is the best process. Now, you've talked on a, a lot about a book called Radical Candor by Kim Scott. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, in that situation where that one employee had to be, had to have radical candor about the like what was actually going on. Right. Led to a turnaround. Right. So in the book by Kim Scott, Radical Candor, she talks about three building blocks mm-hmm. that must be in place for a leader to drive a self-worth team. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So tell us about that. Well, I mean, <laughs> a leader is a leader for a reason, and it's not just to tell people what to do. It's not the boss who directs the objectives and the... Um, tasks. I mean, if that's what you think a leader is, you're going to have limited success. I can tell you that already. Because uh, time and time again, with a lot of research and a lot of experience, people have found that the best leaders are leaders who model this self-awareness, who model this radical candor that Kim Scott talks about. So if I am going to ask the team to be honest with me, I need to be willing to do the same thing. Right. If I am going to give my team honest feedback, I have to be also open to receiving it. In fact, I should ask for it first. Right. So Kim Scott talks about you, in fact, tell your team, and it's not going to burn them. There's not going to be negative consequences. I want to hear the honest truth about how my leadership is mm-hmm. affecting you. And how I'm running the team. Give me the honest feedback. And so those leaders who model it, um, psychologists call it authentic leadership. Um, They're they're the ones who are more self-aware. And they're the ones that model that self-awareness. That's where you're going to find a team is much more likely to reflect these five cornerstones. Yeah, and she even says about how this affects families and homes, right? Yeah. She says, in one study, when mothers could successfully identify and manage their emotions, their children were happier and more self-aware a year later. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that makes sense. That totally lines up with my experience, too. Yeah. So, like, there's so many upsides of self-awareness. I don't understand why people are so afraid of it. Okay. Well, yeah. Well, there's pain involves pain and growth. (laughs) But, you know, I I do like this idea that, you know, when a leader works on themselves, when a leader's authentic, team members learn that it's not just okay, but it's expected to honestly reflect those five cornerstones. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's what the teams, that's the drive. So if, if you as a leader can take uh, ownership for that, for living it out yeah, and helping the team to live it out as well, I think that's fabulous. Because ultimately leaders are rarely the most expert in the content or the service or the product yeah. that the organization is selling. The leader is in place to manage and lead the team. And yeah. that means that they have to model it. And one of the things we have to be careful about leaders is don't use the previous leader's failings. Mm. Oh. Right? Right. As your excuse. Right. Well, I inherited this. Mm-hmm. No, no, you're the leader now. Yeah. Like face up face up to your own ownership of this. Mm-hmm. Like that's why you're the leader. Mm-hmm. Don't keep 
going back to the trough and going, oh, well, I inherited this, right. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You, you, with that requires a great deal of courage to face reality. Yeah, it yeah, does. It really does. So this Alan Mulally, which I talked about at the Ford Company, his early managerial blunder with that young Mike was the gem that mm. he needed to model authentic, honest, and self-aware self-leadership. Mm. It didn't happen overnight, no. and he really had to do some soul-searching. Mm -hmm. he, he would say, how far the team gets is completely dependent on the leader's level of self-awareness. Mm. Oh, I agree. So as he became I more self-aware yep. and more honest with himself, mm -hmm. then the team became more self-aware. And same for you as parents, or leaders of... Uh, you know, a volunteer organization, whatever it might be, yeah. like there's a lot weighing on you as the leader. And it's not in the way you think about just working hard and, and contributing in the tasks. It's really a lot about the self-awareness. Yeah. So um, Kim Scott in her book, Radical Candor, the three building blocks is a leader who models it. The second one is psychological safety, yeah. which we've talked about, because like change is not going to happen if there isn't psychological safety. And then the third thing is actually a ongoing process, like formalize it. Yes. We're going to do a monthly, weekly meeting with this is what we're going to do. So that it becomes, this whole feedback thing becomes part of the, the culture of the organization. Exactly. Yeah. And it becomes like the nuts and bolts and you're constantly reevaluating, mm -hmm. right? Is yeah. it working for us? Yeah. Well, you know how you and I now, like you said, you talked about your emotions now being data and yeah. that you now take the time to self-reflect and then think about what's underlying it, which then ends up typically with a different response than you would have had if you just, you know, did the... So you have a habit of doing that and your daily habit, weekly habit of doing that and however you formalize it is making a big difference and how your life is and your growth and your trajectory. Right. So imagine if a leader is doing that within a team. So exactly. as we've always said, you can't just set a goal and wish that it would happen. It takes intentionality. It takes a plan. It takes action. It takes uh, ongoing review. Is Are we on the right path? Uh, you know, reflection, honest feedback, external input. So yes. if you're new to this, again, you may want to have an external consultant coming in who can help guide you, who can also see things more objectively. Um, there are really great uh, resources around uh, feedback um, oh, processes. Oh, and there are lots of free resources exactly. for corporations, which yes. are fantastic. Yeah, so you can get some input and data from your organization, and that'll help you face reality. And don't just say, oh, we just have a team of people who are all whiners. I mean, it is true that there may be some unhealthy people in your team. That's part of being human. But like there are patterns that will emerge if you're willing to look honestly at what's going on within your team. Yeah. And the good news is, again, facing reality allows you to do something about exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're in a family system where you need to, you know, this is striking a chord with you, mm -hmm. then, you know, Reach out to a therapist. Yeah. Do some family counseling. Yeah. Um, you know, what are you trying to achieve with your family? Mm -hmm. What are your What are your dreams for your family 10, 20 years from now? Yeah. Um, you know, like you can start to address these things right now. Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh, that's so good. So see, again, the self-awareness insight is so key <laughs> Truly is. for ourselves, our relationships, our families, our teams. You know, back to how we started this season when we talked about family systems yep. and how all of our stuff we bring with oh. us and it affects <laughs> yes. every, it, there's so many ripple effects. So um, no, I really appreciate that's a really good chapter, um, especially when you are in a position of influence. So this would be a book that I think should be on every leader's bookshelf. Yeah. And their teams could be working through. Radical Candor. Radical Candor and, and insight. insight. Yeah. Those two. Yeah. Those are two of my favorite books. Exactly. Too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks for that, Jillian. That was great. Take care, everybody. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.